I saw God giving him a platform in Hollywood, this one. I saw him becoming very known and very famous. I don't know what you do, but I saw your star just going Because when I looked at him, I saw him becoming as big as Kevin Hart, this one. Oh, what do you do? <laughs> Stand up, comedy. In the realms of the spirit, when you were carrying him, there was a big challenge in the realm of the spirit. It was a difficult pregnancy to yeah. carry him. Yeah. To the point that it looked like you're going to lose him at some point. Yeah. Because I remember, I am seeing it in the realms of the spirit. When you're about four months, going to five months, yeah. I saw you bleeding that yeah. you thought that you actually lost him. Yes, yes! Professor! So I am trying to understand what these two angels are saying because I'm hearing one saying, God with us, and the other one is saying Emmanuel. Uh, what is that? spirit you see what is on your shirt the lord said me your name is what is on your shirt Hallelujah. what is your name rose what do you have on your shirt Hallelujah. i don't know why where is my mama gonna power i saw fire jumping from her and coming to you and i'm trying to understand why when i looked at you i saw her when i saw her i saw you are you a nurse you're in the medical field Go to her, put the mic on her. I'm a nurse. Were you married before? Divorce. Okay, go to my mama Ghana. I'm divorced. I saw somebody else with a name like Campbell. Campbell. As I was walking in the realms of the spirit, God says that he's about to bless the Campbell family. Prophesy. I saw somebody in the Bible called Anna, but God said no, Anne. Tracy Anne. Ah. Prophesy. I saw God taking words and run with it to the ends of the world. What does he do? Amen. Who is like Ogaga, Ogaga? Do you know somebody called Kenny? Kenny, that's me. Is Kenny Ogba Ogaga. Kenny. Ogba Ogaga. Professor. Who has a name that starts with like an N? Just said Maria. Maria. <laughs> Because I was looking at you there, I'm seeing an M on your forehead. I saw God putting a garment on somebody called Jonathan. My first name. Prophesy! In 2013, you are not supposed to be here. Hey! You had surgery. Major surgery. I looked at you and I saw an x-ray. I saw your body beyond the flesh. And the Lord told me that we need to pray for his lungs. I'm sick right now. Where? In the, in the lungs. You've seen me before. I've never seen you before. How yeah. can I know these things? You know one thing about you, you are real.
You're so mighty, but you're full of compassion. You're the giver of a life everlasting. You're the savior of the world, Messiah. All I need, I find in you, provider. Worthy, wonderful, awesome, powerful. Glory, glory to you, my heart sings. Perfect, sovereign King, God of everything. Glory, glory to you. I lift my hands to worship. I lift my eyes to seek your holy face. I lift my voice. To honor you, yeah. There's no one else like you, Lord. I lift you. I don't understand your love. You're so patient. You surround me with your grace. It's amazing. Forgiving the way that I've been, and you changing the old me, old me. Didn't know who I could be till you show me. Worthy, wonderful, awesome, powerful. Glory, glory to you. My heart sings. Perfect, sovereign King, God of everything. Glory, glory. God bless everybody. This is Prophet Lovi, and uh, it's uh, a very beautiful evening tonight. And uh, I want to talk to you about the believer's assignment. And uh, I'm extremely, extremely excited to share this with you. And um, there are so many things that you can do as a child of God that allows you to be better used in the hands of God. So without you understanding the core of the assignment and what allows God to increase you or push you higher, then what happens is your ability to walk with God and your ability to be useful in God's hands goes down or the, the chances or it, it lowers, it goes down. So I want to speak to you about how you can, you can be in your assignment as a believer. So many people hear them saying, well, this is my assignment, this is my assignment. Or they go to a church after a while, they say, my assignment here is, is done. Or, or, or different kind of things. But at the end of the day, if you really analyze what they did there, they did nothing. They never accomplished anything. They never increased anything, either spiritually or physically. 
you notice that their life did not advance. Number one, their life did not advance, and the people that were around their lives did not change. So how can you know that you're in your believer's assignment? And what are the steps that you know that you're in your believer's assignment? That's what I want to talk about tonight. And I I just want to let people know, like, um, it's been a little extra busy on my side, but uh, I believe uh, I'm going to start one-on-ones tomorrow, right? Yeah, I'm going to resume tomorrow. You know, I want you to know that my biggest desire is to speak to each and every person. And it's been extremely busy, but I'm going to, I think there's an email that's going to go out tonight and I'm going to reach out to a lot of people for tomorrow. Tomorrow, the whole day, the only thing I'm doing is one-on-ones. That's all I'm going to be doing tomorrow. So I want anybody that uh, I want you to keep a lookout for your email or your phone number, you're going to be called so that that can happen. But other than that, believer's assignment. I want you to share it and share it and share it like as many times as you can because this is going to change somebody's life. Every time we we stand before God, every time I come uh, to you to speak to you, I come not in my voice but in the voice of God and my desire is your life to be changed to the glory and honor of God. If we come here and we sit and we speak and all it is is that you leave listening to me and you're the same person, then I, I, I failed my assignment. This is why every time I come on by the grace of God, I try to equip you daily, daily to make sure that what you do as a child of God is progressive continually. Because if you're not progressive or progressing and progressive, then we are failing. This is why there are so many dry bones in the church. Too many dry bones because people hear a good word. But the word does not put them in their assignment. It puts you in your feelings. If I come and tell you that you're going to make it, it's a good message. But if I don't know my place of assignment, then it becomes motivation. Now, I talk to people all the time. God is going to increase you. But I give you assignments, spiritual assignments to continually push. I want you to text somebody on WhatsApp. I want you to let somebody know that prophet is live and this is going to be fire. My desire is actually to pray with people. After this, I want us to spend a few minutes uh, praying because it's going to be very important uh, where this starts. God has a plan for everybody. You who's watching, wherever you may be, you may be in America, you may be overseas, you may be anywhere in the world. I want you to know something. God has a work for each and everyone. God does not give you work because you're a pastor. And nobody begins by doing their assignment in the field. There is a a place that the assignment begins. And I was thinking about this and I realized something. I realized when I was planning to speak on this just a few minutes ago. Because before I come on, I always talk to God. God, show me what to speak to your people. And the Lord spoke to me and I really remembered where all this actually started from me. Apart from the visitations, uh, uh, you know, uh, somebody said, uh, let me see that. There's a comment on that side. Not not, not on here, on on the other one. I think, look over there. Never mind, I probably could see it on my phone. 
So it's, it's very absolutely, absolutely important for you. Extremely important for you to understand this. And for me, it happened for me because I remembered. I really remembered where God took me from. I remember apart from the great uh, visitations that the Lord Jesus gave me. Uh, you should, you should, uh, what's it called? I, I remembered where God, God started with me. How you say? <laughs> Glory be to God. So I am just praying for people that people's mind should be in the right place when you're working with God because God's desire is for you to be increased. God's desire is for you to be taken higher. God's desire is for you to be transformed. But if you're not connected to the mind and the purpose of God, what will happen is this. You'll be a prayerful Christian with no results. Glory be to Jesus. Uh, could, you, could you put a, a mic on, on her? I'm going to give her verses to read. You'll be a Christian with no results. No, you could keep that one. We have another one, right? Have you forgotten, sir? Oh, you, oh, you, huh? Okay. You know, we, we become believers with no direction. Remember, even plants have a direction. Plants need a direction. Lashana, Romaine, God bless you. God bless you. I will see you in New York soon. I'll be in New York on November 1st, I believe. For three days, I'll be in New York. It will be... Powerful, powerful, powerful. The prophetic is going to hit New York in a way it's never hit New York. The spirit of revelation is going to be too much. So what I need you to do is this. I, I want you to share it. I want you to share it and let somebody know. If you're tired of going around the same mountain, let me give you an example. Uh, the children of Israel, went around the same mountain for 40 years. Now, somebody with an assignment, somebody with an assignment will not waste 40 years. I wish somebody would understand what I'm trying to say here. How do you spend 40 years going around the same mountain? It means you have no direction. God was present, but they wasted 40 years, a journey that should have taken them at the most a week. On the maximum side, a week. They spent 40 years because they forgot their assignment. When the Lord delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, he did not deliver them because of their suffering. That was part of the, that was God's assignment, was to remove their suffering. But when they came out of Egypt, there's an assignment that God gave them, and they did not pay attention. Even though Moses spoke to them, they did not pay attention. What happened? They ended up going around the same mountain for 40 years. God is just allowing them to go around the same mountain and allowed them to die that their children's children were the ones that enjoyed the blessing that they should have enjoyed. I don't know if somebody's listening to me. For 40 years, they did not even recognize that they were going around the same mountain. 
Because you have to understand, the ambitions and the desire of a believer actually begin with where God's assignment is. God's assignment will always align with your calling. I see so many young uh, ministers, and, and, uh, and I was saying this uh, yesterday, I was talking about the 13th apostle. They always make the assignment like it's the most difficult assignment in the world. Simply because their yoke is not being carried by God. They are carrying God's burden and their own burden. God's burden should be lighter. That doesn't mean that there won't be difficulty. But it means through the difficulty, you will not be moved because your burden is lighter. I can guarantee you, a lot of the people that say that their battles are many, their battles are not many. Compared to people who are fighting battles, their battles are small. Uh, some of you, I wish you knew the kind of forces that some of us contend with. But it's because, but we don't sit there and say, I, the devil did this, the devil, because we understand what is going on. You know, when you, don't, when you did not put gas in your car, or for those in Africa, petrol, you did not put petrol in your car, and your car stops moving, you say, Satan attacked my car, but you forgot to put gas. I feel like I'm talking to somebody. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Are you listening to me, people? Your car will stop moving and you say, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Raka patata, devil. <laughs> but the devil had nothing to do with it. You just didn't pay attention that your thing was on E. It went from full to E and then it became empty. But you blamed the, the devil because you did not understand what requires to push you into your assignment. What I want to speak to you today, I want to tell you the truth. If you're wise spiritually, physically, things are going to shift. Many people, so many people have not entered into the blessing that God has prepared for them simply because they did not pay attention to the assignment, where it starts. An example is this. God told the children of Israel, tell Pharaoh, when God spoke to Moses, say, Moses, you go to Egypt, take them out. They will go to the land flowing with milk and honey. But before that, they will come and serve me on this mountain. Then they will go to the land of milk and honey. The assignment had one stop, the mountain of God. They were going to serve God and worship God at that mountain and Mount Sinai. And from there, they were going to go to the land of milk and honey. But all they heard is, take us out of Egypt take us to the land of milk and honey, but they forgot the first thing that Moses spoke to them, especially when they went and stood before Pharaoh. They said, Pharaoh, the God of our fathers has appeared unto us and he has spoken to us that you should let us go so that we can serve him and worship him and offer sacrifice to, says, to him upon his mountain. Then after that, that's when they were going to the land of milk and honey. That's why when they even left Egypt, the angel of the Lord took them to the mountain. 
But when they got to the mountain, Moses went up to speak with God. But when Moses went up to speak with God, they stayed back, took the gold that they were given in Egypt instead of doing something for God. Instead of deciding, you know what, let us build something for God. Let us offer, let Moses, let's, let us give a seed unto God so that whatever is needed to make happen the work of God or even to the people, let's do it. But what they did was they took their money and built idol, an idol to worship because Moses was gone too long. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Why? Is because they did not leave Egypt with the mindset of God's assignment. They left Egypt with their need. People who are always thinking about their need will never satisfy it. People who think of the assignment of God, because remember, David says something interesting. He says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children beg for what? Bread. What does it mean to be righteous? To be in right standing with God. I may have not sinned, but I'm not righteous. Because righteous means I am standing where God wants me to be. I am in good accord with him. This is not even sin. Because remember, Jesus is our righteousness. Even though we have sinned, we can stand before God and say, Ah, God, I'm sorry. And you will even have an audience with God. So David is saying, it is the righteous that are not forsaken and their children don't beg for bread. He did not say the Christian. Ah, I wish somebody would catch this. The righteous, not the Christian. The righteous, not the one who is fasting and praying. The righteous, not the one that is going up to the mountain to pray. The righteous, not the one that is giving to the needy. The righteous are the ones that are not forsaken. And they never, their children will never beg for bread. So if I don't know my place of assignment, I will not receive my blessing. Because the children of Israel, they received the gold from the Egyptian was because that was going to be used for the ark of God. They did not understand why God gave them provision. When they were coming out of Egypt, the children of Israel uh, were just given gold by their neighbors. The Egyptians just started giving them things and, and sending them off. They did not ask. Their neighbors just started, hey, you are living here is gold. They gave them the riches of the nation. But it was so that the ark of the Lord can be built. It was so that the assignment of God can be done. Let me give you an example. When God looked at the earth in the time of the patriarch Noah, God did not select Noah because he was simply righteous. God selected Noah because Noah had a skill that aligned him to the assignment of God. I wish somebody could hear me. God was looking, I need somebody that is a good carpenter. I want him to be sure. Remember, God is not worried about changing you because he knows he has the power to do that. God was looking for who can stand in my purpose but have a skill to carry out what I want. You see, Noah was a, God knew if I give him the dimensions, the guy will do exactly what I'm telling him. 
Remember, there was never rain on the earth until the day that after the, the ark was done. The ark was so big that even Noah, the Lord himself, closed one of the doors. One of the sides Noah was able to close. The other one, it is the Lord himself that shut it. Because even Noah could not shut it. God gave him dimensions to build it. It, was, it, was, it had never been seen. So when he was building, everyone was laughing at him. Everyone was mocking him. Everyone was thinking whatever they wanted to think. But because he did not only receive the assignment, but had the skill to carry it out, he finished well. When he started, he only had his family. You don't hear about him being wealthy. But when he was done with the assignment, through the process of the assignment, when there was no food, they had food. When animals who kill people, animals were his friends. When the assignment was done, he had a vineyard. There was a blessing at the end of the assignment. Within the assignment, there was sustenance that prepared him from the blessing at the end. You notice just by what the children of Israel did at the mountain, you knew they were not going to maintain, uh, uh, they were not going to maintain the promised land. They were going to be, come and be enslaved over and over and over and over again, simply because of one thing. They forgot the assignment. I feel like I'm talking to myself. I wish more people would share this. Whether you're on YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, I want you to share this as quickly as possible. So I want you to capture this. That is why the Bible says it's not, it's, it's not just about running. It's not just about racing. It's that you finish well. Everybody begins well. There is no man of God on the earth that began wrong. None. Those who have fallen into major sins, those who have forgotten the way of God, those who have entered in other things, they all started well. Because nobody can have influence unless it's from God. But you can pervert it and corrupt it just like the devil did. So the question is, where do I start? Because if I don't know where I am, where I am supposed to be, I will fail. I always use the president of this country as an example. This man knew in the 90s he would be president. He was even saying, if I run, this is what I'm going to do. He knew exactly the path of his life. That is why it did not matter when people thought he was not going to win, he won. Why? Because he knew his assignment. Some may like him, some may not like him, but we know one thing. All authority and power comes from above. God is the one who appointed him. And he knew what skills he will need to be there. He knew. Economy is better. No president actually comes in office and everything is perfect. Is he the worst president? No. People's opinion will differ. But if you go to facts, actually it's not so. So unless you understand where the Lord God Almighty is positioning you and what he has given you to do and where it starts because there is certain things you need to position yourself for that assignment to be revealed. Every believer has an assignment and it begins somewhere. Let's go to the Bible. You have your Bible. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Ala brandegista akalaba sante. Erondo paruva kesta. That is why you find for me, I love to teach more than anything. I like to teach because of one thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 17. I like to teach because of one thing. The reason why I like to teach is because of one thing. I don't want to build a people that are hungry for miracles. Mm. But I want people who receive a miracle in their assignment so that it can have a lasting impact. I don't want people who just want prophecy. Because prophecy without assignment, is, you will fail. You won't receive it. One of the reasons why a lot of people don't receive their prophetic word coming to pass is because of one thing. They're out of assignment. The Lord Jesus said something interesting. Listen to this. The Lord Jesus said this. He said, I must go to Jerusalem so that which was spoken of me of the prophet will be fulfilled. He's not saying I will wait for what Isaiah said to happen automatically. He said, I know that prophecy is pointing me to the assignment where it was spoken of me. He told his disciples, each one of you take off one coat. Take off one coat and sell it. They asked him, Lord, why? He said, sell and buy a sword. They said, why? He said, for it is not good for a prophet to die outside of the city. Jesus was protecting his prophecy with armed men. <laughs> that is why you find Peter had a knife when they came to arrest Jesus. Peter cut somebody's ear off and Jesus said, Peter, <laughs> didn't you hear the assignment? We were supposed to bring me into the city and then I get betrayed and then I get arrested and you guys let me go because it's part of the plan. Peter missed some part of information. He was still carrying his knife and chopped somebody's ear off because he was out of assignment. Jesus restored the ear of the person because if the person's ear was off, he would not receive what God has. When you're out of assignment, you end up cutting people's ears. So your gospel will not build anybody, will not change anybody, but it makes people deaf. It makes people not want to follow God. That is why we have men of God that are full of judgment. They are too judgmental, number one. They don't even know the mind of God concerning people. All they have is doom and gloom. In these last days, in these last days, in these last days. That's all they are preaching is in these last days. Let me be honest with you. It's been the last days since we were born. Jesus, our Lord, has been coming since we were born. Why is he not coming? Because the assignment is not, Jesus is not coming until this gospel gets to the ends of the world. So whoever is not fulfilling the assignment, you're busy telling people in these last days, you're not doing your job. That's why Jesus is not coming. I feel like I'm speaking to myself. You see somebody wearing glasses in these last days, these men, they just wear glasses. I saw somebody comment on my, on, my, on, my, on my Instagram, and they commented, this made me laugh, actually. They commented, these swag pastors, you got to be careful with them. They don't even need to listen to what you say. Just your appearance, they judge you. <laughs> Simply because they're out of assignment. Mm. You, let me tell you something. The gospel is not preaching hell. Mm. Gospel means good news. 
The Lord Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to this, this, this. And he said, and to, to proclaim the acceptable year of God. Meaning that nobody should be judging anybody. Everybody should be preaching. Jesus loves you. Come as you are. Allow him to work on you. That is the gospel. The gospel is not you're going to hellfire. That is not the gospel. Wow. I feel like I'm talking to myself. If you look at the mission, Jesus our Lord explained his mission statement, the first message he ever preached when he entered a church. He said, this word that you hear is fulfilled in your hearing. They said, what? How can you say something like this? How can you speak something like this? Who do you think you are? Jesus started saying, surely a prophet is not accepted in there. They almost stoned him and killed him and kicked him out of the church. So when you go and preach to somebody, the goodness of God, which is the one that, you know, people think it is like this. Let me show you how off assignment a lot of ministers are and some evangelists and believers. Let me show you how off they are. The Bible says the goodness of God brings men to repentance. Mm. The goodness, not the judgment. I saw Kirk Franklin was uh, ministering somewhere and there was a um, young guy who was an evangelist preaching on the street and he, and he, and he went after him and said, ah, you know, I can't even shake your hands. You had a platform on BT instead of telling people to repent, Jesus is coming. What does, you know, I understand his zeal, but he was completely mis misinterpreting the scriptures. And some believers even shared it. I was like, you guys are foolish. And if you're watching me and you commented on that and you thought he was doing a good thing, you're foolish. What does repentance mean? Repentance means change your mind. Don't you understand Jesus said you are the light of the world. This man said, don't, don't put yourself together with the world. It means you're one of them. How is my light going to shine unless I'm among darkness? How will they see the light? Then you wonder why some people are preaching on the street. Some people can go on tours and fill stadiums. Why has God abandoned you on the street? Renal Bonke was a, was, is, is an evangelist. One of the greatest men of God that ever lived. Thousands upon thousands upon millions of people this guy has brought to the Lord. He was not standing at a corner of a street, but God lifted him up. So your assignment, remember when the Lord Jesus was saying, go on the, on the byways and the highways. It was a time where there was no prayer meeting. When you did that, it was. So for that time, the only place you can preach to people was on the street. If the Lord Jesus was today, would have said, go unto YouTube and Facebook and Periscope. Also, and preach. Why? Because if I can reach the world through here, you think Jesus wants me to stand at the corner? Mm. I'm just trying to help somebody to, to, to advance as a man and woman of God. Amen. So many men of God and women of God, you are stuck. There is no progress and you are suffering and you think that your suffering means that you are legitimately serving God. But no, God is, 10 years you're still preaching at the same place. Obviously, you will get people to God because you are still called. But are you effective to the level God wants you to be? Are you giving people religion or giving people salvation? Are you giving people repentance or are you giving people uh, uh, self-righteousness? 
The man literally cracked front and says, okay, can we sit down and talk? He said, I can't even shake your hands because I was like, wow. The Lord Jesus is hugging prostitutes. And by the way, I'm not saying go find prostitute and hug. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but the Lord Jesus was in his assignment. You know, some people you will go, man of God, pray for me here. Pray for me here. And it <laughs> you know, the devil is tricky. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. All right, let's hear it. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7.17. Uh, one more time. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 7.17. Uh-huh. But as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called everyone, so let him walk, and as so ordain I in all churches. Notice what Paul is saying. Read it one more time. But as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called everyone. Notice, the Lord has called everyone and he has distributed to everybody. So my assignment may not look like your assignment, may not look like her assignment or his assignment or, her, or, or the little child or the grown-up's assignment. But we all, has an, we all have an assignment and it's distributed to us by the Lord. Not by ourselves. I don't choose what kind of ministry I will have. The Lord assigns to me what kind of ministry I will have. That is why when you try to have a ministry like Joel Austin, you will fail. Because Joel Austin was called to do that. If you try to be the next T.D. Jakes, you will fail. Because you're not T.D. Jakes. Even though we are similar, we are not the same. If you try to be the next prophet, Lovi Elias, to be giving people revelation, you will fail. Because that is not technically your assignment. I'm not saying I'm the only one that God has called to do that. There are greater men of God with great assignment. But the point is, you succeed because you're where God is called you. And the, the apostle is saying, even so, walk like that. And he's saying, even in the churches, I myself, Paul, I'm ordaining people according to what God has distributed. Let me explain. You'll be in church and you'll see an usher trying to correct the pastor that he preached the wrong message. You're out of assignment. It's not your place. If, you're not, if you have a relationship, you could try and find a way or pray or, you know what I mean? There's, wisdom, there's wise ways because you have to respect where somebody's position is. I've been to churches where I've been invited and I'm seeing like, these guys don't know the supernatural. I don't just go there and start performing miracles so that I show them they don't know anything. I try to conform to them and slowly point them to what God has given me for them. I just don't come drastically and begin, your name is this, uh, your name is that, uh, your name, uh, uh, it look like witchcraft. <laughs> because that's not the point, Is not to prove a point, the point is to bring people to God. This is why there's a lot of men of God that they, they think they're better than other men of God. But their betterness doesn't make them bigger. It doesn't make them have a following. It doesn't make them bring people to Jesus. But they are bigger. Ignorance is the mother of all stupidity. So where does the assignment of a believer begin? That is what I want to speak. Amen. I don't know if somebody is ready. 
I don't know if somebody is ready. Hmm. I don't know if somebody is getting this. Are you ready? The first assignment of a believer is not in the church. It's not in the church. The first assignment of a believer is to your family. The first assignment of a believer is not in the church, but it is to your family. It is to your family. Not to your uncles, not to your aunties, but to your immediate family. That's where your first assignment is. I wish somebody could hear me. Do you know who the Lord Jesus preached the gospel to first? It was to his brothers and sisters. They didn't even believe him. They started mocking him, saying, you know what? You need to go and show yourself at the temple so that people may see you and know about you because they doubted him. But as they saw his character and his assignment matched together, Stephen, who you read in the Bible, the Apostle James. James was one of the Lord Jesus' brothers. He was one of his brothers. But the Apostle James spoke about the Lord Jesus. You would not even think he's his brother. He said, the father of our Lord Jesus. He now came to a place where him himself knew that this is not my brother. That is why you find when they came to visit Jesus... They said, Lord, your father, your mother, and your sisters are here to visit you. Jesus said, my father, my mother, my brothers and sisters are those who listened to my word and obeyed. So you begin your assignment. By being obedient to God's assignment that he placed you in what family? Why are you the only one in your family that is understanding what Prophet Lovey is saying? Why are you the only one in your family right now watching what you are hearing right now? What is the purpose? Why is it that you are the one that, even though others are maybe saved in the family, some people have people who are saved in the family, some people don't. Why is it that you have a deeper zeal of God more than any other person in your family? Why you? Why did God's hand, God's finger, God's mighty power follow you? Not the ones that were better than you in the family. Let me be honest with you. Can I be honest? Let me be 100% honest. honest. Out of my siblings, I am not the most intelligent. I'm intelligent, but not the most. The most intelligent out of all of us actually is Christian. Book smart and things like that. Dangerous. Christian. All my other siblings were great, book smart and all that. I'm good, but I wasn't the best. My brothers... 
Christian was the most obedient child. I was obedient too. But at the same time, I was that kid that, you know, I was always getting into something. I was never bad, but I was always just, I would be the one that wants to hang out with the older kids. And my mother would be like, um, why, why, you know, 16-year-old are coming to look for uh, like a 10-year-old at home? Hey, he's lovely home. My mom is like, no. <laughs> you know, because I was like ready to do like deals with people. You know, I was street smart. I've always been more street smart than anything. I know how to navigate my way. So everybody used to look at me and say, this one, if we are not careful, this guy will end up either being a drug lord or something because you cannot be this young and these old kids following you like this. Are you catching what I'm saying? But it was the grace of God and the calling of God. I don't, I, I, I don't know if somebody's getting this. My childhood had a lot of hiccups. I was in and out of hospital all the time. But that, does, that is not what validates that you're great. If you're busy interceding for everybody but your family, you have failed your assignment. Father, I pray for my career. I pray for the, the sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, prophet so-and-so, pastor so-and-so. And you did not pray for your children, your husband, your wife. You failed. You failed. You super failed. Because your first assignment is not to them, to the, to the church. It's to your house. Charity begins at home. The first people to know that Jesus is Lord was not outside, was the house. You spend hours praying for, Lord, I pray uh, my business to open. Doors open fire! Okay? But your assignment cannot move. You see, there's something called, I will preach, uh, I will teach this at a later time. How to receive burdens from God. How to receive burdens from God. What does that mean, to receive burdens from God? You know, God looks for people to confide in. I don't know if people know this. The Lord has people that he confides in. If he's worried about a nation that he sees their destruction or he sees somebody that is about, he sees something wrong, he will come and place a burden on somebody. He will come and express to somebody, this is going to go like this. This is going to go like that. Pray for them. God will come and look for somebody to stand in the gap for somebody so that he can do something. But God can never give you a burden if he gave you the first one and you did not accomplish it. Then you're not trustworthy. He cannot pile up other burdens on top of a burden that you did not do first. I don't know if somebody can hear me. God doesn't trust anybody. Everybody's always saying, I hear men of, there was one time I was preaching, I was speaking to this lady 
And she was like, you know why God is using him so mightily? Now she's telling people while I'm standing there. She's telling people, you know why God is using him so mightily? It's because he's trustworthy. I said, no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> she said, why do you mean? I said, no, 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 I'm not. God doesn't trust anybody. If he trusted somebody, he would have never sent Jesus. God doesn't trust anybody. <laughs> he believes in mankind. He knows how good they can be. But to trust mankind, never. That's why he does not, he did not place anything to do with salvation on man. He placed it on himself. Became a, a human being and made a covenant with himself for the sake of man. Because he knew men are feeble. They flip-flop. We flip-flop like this, like pancakes. Flip it to the other side. We can't stay on, we, we just can't. So your first assignment as a child of God is to your family. You need to pray and understand why God put you in that family. What is the purpose of you being in that family? Open your eyes and see. Okay, there are children, my brothers and sisters. How is their life? What is the pattern of the family? What is going on? Lord, do you want me to destroy the altars in the family? Because these things, they have been canceling generational curses for years. The things are still happening. That means there's an altar. God, must I? Those who did not watch my message on altars, go and watch it. It was Thursday. Go watch it. It was too much. You need to figure out what are the patterns of the family. Why did God put me in this family? Okay, I'm the only one who is aware that poverty is a bad thing. Everybody else is okay just living hand to mouth and struggling. I'm the only one who in my heart I'm saying there has to be more to life than this. What do you think God is trying to say to you? I don't know if people are listening to me. Uh, YouTube, are you there? YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Glory be to Jesus. Somebody says, why are you not quoting Bible verses? It's because you are not listening. We just read a Bible verse. <laughs> I don't know what is... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Some people just, I don't know. We just leave them to God. I don't know why, you know what I mean. <laughs> we just read a scripture. <laughs> and to be honest with you, can I tell you the honest truth? Let me tell you the honest truth. What scripture did Moses quote? What scripture did Isaiah quote? Do you know why Jesus quoted them? He quoted them because the people he was going to needed to know who and by what means he came. It was not necessary. That is why they were shocked when they saw Jesus performing miracles that were not biblical. Who did you see in the Bible open eyes except Jesus? After Jesus opening eyes became normal. Who restored the blind sight in the Bible? So when Jesus did it, the Pharisees were like, how could you do this kind of thing? 
even in the church. What scripture do you have to support that you can heal a woman on a Sabbath? And Jesus said, this is what Jesus told them. You think it is right. Notice he said, do you think? He did not say, did you read? Do you think it is right for a daughter of Abraham to be sick in church? He he referred them to what? Common sense, not Bible. I don't know if somebody is catching this. He told them, don't you think, do you think it is right for a daughter of Abraham to be suffering in church? You guys are having service because it says don't heal on the Sabbath. Don't you know that the Sabbath was made for man? God rested because of man. He did not rest because he needed to be relaxed. He made a day of rest. Actually for man. Do you know that in the Ten Commandments it says you shall not work on the seventh day because God rested. He set the Sabbath to be an automatic rest whether you want it or not. Because of you not him. God has never been tired. You have to understand the Bible. God is a spirit. How can he get tired? He doesn't get hungry. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't need to sit. Say my back has been hurting. It's time for me. (laughs) Jesus is telling them the Sabbath was made for man. When they saw the disciples of Jesus eating, they said, how can they be eating when people should be fasting? He said, didn't you read in your Bible, don't you remember that David went into the temple with his his army and they ate communion and wine? (laughs) And why didn't they die? Because the point of the communion is to give life. Not for it to be so holy that somebody is dying of hunger, you can't feed them. It's not common sense. I feel like I feel like I'm talking to myself. We quote scriptures. We talk we we quote scriptures simply for those who their heart doesn't know for them to know that it's actually from God. But somebody with the spirit doesn't need to hear scripture. They know that it's coming from God. The Bible says, on everything that is good, of good report, meditate on these things. Because every good and perfect gift comes from above. If I'm telling you, your first assignment is to your family. Even if you don't read the Bible, common sense says, wow, that is true. Not give me a scripture. Do <laughs> 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 You know, God never wanted people to quote scripture. You know that. God said, I want the law to be written in your heart. It has to be a reflex. Religion blocks revelation. Just like Steph Alex just said, 100%. That is why it's so dangerous. You see, it's so dangerous for people when they don't know the voice of God. It means you're not an elect. Because the Lord Jesus said this, my sheep hear my voice. If you cannot hear his voice, ah, I am talking and you think that I, because I did not, you did not hear a scripture. Even though you came late, there was a scripture. Not that it's necessary. It is not mandatory. It is not a law. When thou shalt speak, thou shalt quote a verse. Nothing like that. <laughs> This is a testimony so that we know the character of God. 
Let me get back to topic. <laughs> if you actually cannot hear a man of God and sit down and listen and you say, wow, this is God speaking. Let me give you an example. Moses was the one that brought the children of Israel from Egypt. But his father-in-law was his spiritual father. Do you know that? Jethro was his mentor. You know that? He's the one who taught him the ways of God. Moses did not leave Egypt praying to the God of the Hebrews. He met his father who was a priest serving God under Mount Sinai. So when Moses had brought the whole nation out and they were in the wilderness, in the camp, his father-in-law came to visit him and he found Moses spending hours and hours upon hours trying to advise and, 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 and end cases between the children of Israel. And his father-in-law rebuked him. He said, Moses, this is wicked. Who do you think you are? Raise leaders among them to solve their own issues. And if they can't, then they bring it to you. What you're doing is wrong. It's wickedness. Moses changed it immediately because Moses knew it was God rebuking him. God never told him that on the mountain that Moses, you should not solve the issues yourself. Raise elders. That was common sense. But people don't understand even common sense is God speaking. Unless it came from I feel it in my bones. It's not God. Yet the Bible is saying anything of good, everything of good report. On these things meditate on. The devil will never tell you raise leaders. He say let it be about you. I feel like I'm talking to myself. The devil won't tell you, pray for your family. Start interceding for them, especially that one and that one. The devil will tell you, let them do them. You focus on you because your life is about you anyway. Oh, <laughs> that's Satan. So somebody who is in the flesh will always see carnality. Somebody who is in the spirit will listen to the words because the Lord Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So somebody who knows how Jesus speaks can actually hear his voice through another man's voice. Because remember, Jesus doesn't have a voice. He has words. So the voice can be an African, can be an Asian, can be uh, Hispanic, can be a Caucasian, can, can be somebody from the islands with an accent, it could be whatever. But it is the words. Are they releasing the spirit of God or are they not? That's the question, not appearance. Glory be to Jesus. Facebook, are you there? I'm about to push this thing deeper. So the question is, I cannot begin, even though your people will not receive you first. It doesn't mean your assignment is not from them. 
Ah, the greatest prophet, the major prophet Glovis. Let, let me try and bring him in. Let me try and bring him in. I don't know if somebody's catching this. La Procasatia. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. So, that is where you find now there is an issue. Because how, remember, your family, why is your assignment first to your family? I'll give you reasons. They know all your mistakes. So they are the people that can push your buttons best. Because they know you well. So if you really change, they are the first ones that will be able to testify of your change. My prophet, are you there? You are killing it, sir. I'm trying to be a murderer like you. <laughs> killing revelation. Uh, so, your family may doubt you, but they should never doubt your character because the truth test that you have been changed is your family that knows your character. You know, people outside, they don't sleep with you in your house. They don't see you in your house. They don't see when you wake up. They don't know anything. But your family are the ones that can sit up and say, you know what? The victor we used to know. He used to vic be Victor C. But now we know he's John Victor Elias for real. Because this person is not the same person. The lovey we used to know, ah, this is not the same person. Claudius, he's no longer Claudius. This is a different person. His character has changed. Because the first proving ground of your character is with your, with your family. Not the outside people. Uh, am I saying the truth, sir? Too deep. I remember you telling me something. Mm -hmm. You said one guy who used to know you. Mm -hmm. When he found out that you are a preacher, he says, if love is safe, then Jesus is real. Yeah, that's true. He said, if, if I'm born again, then Jesus is real. There was a, you know, there's a, a, a few years ago, I, I did a God by God's grace. I performed this miracle in church where there was a woman who was blind and her sight was restored. It's on YouTube. And... Uh, I was fasting for days. If you look at me on that video, I, I was skinny. Yeah, I was, uh, listen, those were the days of deep fasting. But the fasting were not the ones that produced the result. The fasting simply opened me up to be used by God. But not that the fasting is the one that caused the miracle. But when I prayed for this woman, this video went viral where I came from. When the video went viral, there's one big artist, his name is, his artist's name is uh, Colonel Mustafa, but these are guys that we grew up with. Mustafa said this, he said this when they were asking him. They asked my uncle, who's a world musician, huge world musician. 
His name is Awilo Longomba. He's, they asked him, he said, well, I'm not, I don't know about this ministry stuff. I will call and find out the information. He was on news. They were grilling him on this question. He said, you know, maybe I'll ask him to pray for me. He was joking around because he was like, yo, to him, he was like, how could you do that? But one of our friends, the musician friends that we had that we were performing and touring with, one of them is Colonel Mustafa said this. He said, to be honest with you, I am not shocked. Because the lobby that people used to know is not the lobby that we knew when we were at home. We grew up together. I know how prayerful these people were. When they went out and performed, people saw the entertainers, but they did not know what they were doing at home. Every morning we were all, they used to gather us to pray every day, in the morning and evening. So I wasn't surprised. What shocked me is that God empowered him to actually do it. I am not surprised that he could do it. Why? You see, the people who you are with in the beginning, if they cannot testify of your change, Who is testifying about you? The Bible says this. Let me quote scripture since people want me to quote scripture. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are reading the Bible. <laughs> now look at this. This is deep. Romans chapter 14 verse 16. Romans 14 16. Romans 14 16. Romans chapter 14, verse 16. I want you to hear this. Yeah. Are you there? Okay, listen to this. Uh -huh. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. One more time. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. One more time. <laughs> Let not then your good be evil spoken of. One more time. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. Don't let your good be spoken evil of. How many Christians say, I don't care what people say about me? Ah, you should. Even the Lord Jesus asked, who do the people say I am? He was not asking only who they saw him to be. He was asking about his character. What are people describing about my character? Are they saying I am rude? <laughs> am I, are they saying I am rebuking people? You snake. <laughs> you, <laughs> you Pharisee. Nobody could speak evil of what he had done. Nobody. Even when they were about to, 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 when they were about to kill him with stones. He said, for what good do you, what, for what good do you stone, for what did do you stone me? They said, for no good deed because you have done a lot of good things. Actually, you healed my auntie. You know, people among them were like, yeah, yeah. But you are speaking blasphemy. That's why we want to kill you. <laughs> Jesus said, okay, so I'm speaking blasphemy. Is it not written in your word? Notice Jesus did not quote scripture. <laughs> he just paraphrased. Is it not written that ye are gods? If you read the Bible, it doesn't actually say ye are gods. Do you know what it says? For you have made man a little lower than God. You have made man a little lower than God himself, meaning you have made him another God. Because remember, to say I am God is my father, you are likening yourself to him. Because a child, who is, if you're born of a lion, you're a lion. So they said, you saying that God is your father, you are saying that you are God. 
Jesus said to provoke them even more, he said, before Abraham I am. They said, what? <laughs> he said, is it not written in your word that ye are gods? Somebody would have said, no, let us look at Greek and English translation. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to myself. It is not about, you see, the reality is this. People can say anything about you. Let me, let me help somebody. People can say things. I'm, we are not saying convince people. The Bible says, don't let your good be spoken evil. Meaning that as far as your sight, make sure that you have done everything that no one can say anything wrong about you. Now, what they form to be their opinion is their own. But let your action always testify different about you. When somebody says, oh, Prophet Lovey does this, Prophet Lovey. But when you go and actually look and realize that, ah, this guy does too much good then you can, that person will be your defender and say, nah, actually you are wrong. This guy does this and does this. That guy actually does this and that. Actually, these guys do this and that. It's not what you're saying. It is wrong. Notice you wouldn't need to stand there and start saying, oh, no, I have never done that. People will speak of you. Because what you have planted, what you have done, has stopped every single person from ever having anything to speak about you. Do you realize they had to fabricate lies to get Jesus killed? They said, ah, somebody had to come and be a witness and say, ah, he casts out Beelzebub by the power of Beelzebub. Okay. How do you know? Are you a witch? <laughs> but because they were the court, the jury themselves, the people who are fabricating things. <laughs> Because if it is a court, you ask, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. How do you know that is? How can you prove? Yeah. Oh, they said, no, he's casting out shetan by shetan. Even Pilate was one that he said, listen, I'm just going to beat him up to appease you guys. I'm not going to beat him up because he did anything wrong. Uh, add something, prophet. Add something, prophet. Uh, Because even Pilate could not find anything. And he's a trained judge, a Roman one. Uh -huh. And they were governed by the law of the Romans. That's why the Jews kept saying, give him to us. <laughs> because they know the law was defending him. Even Pilate said, listen, say something. So that I can chase these people away. He, he, he refused to speak. He says, don't worry. Let, give me up to them. The sin is not with you, but it's with them. Let me tell you something. Are you ready for this revelation? We are ready, sir. When Jesus was about to, when Jesus stood out, they wanted to crucify him after he was thoroughly beaten. They brought out a man called Barnabas. They brought out a man called Barnabas who was a criminal. They asked people, whom do you want? People say, give us Barnabas. Now you have to understand what his name means. <laughs> I feel it in my spirit. Let me show you. Yes. 
Let me, I'm about to show it to you by scripture so that people don't think. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want people to say, ah, uh, Prophet Love is making this up. Karabadababa. Hmm. La parakia sante. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It is too much. Mm. This is too much. Mm. <laughs> let, let me go to this scripture really quickly. <laughs> ah, God is too much. You know, the spirit of revelation is just beautiful. Aish. Ah, yeah, yeah, it's too much. <laughs> now, mm, that's why we just say, God, who is like unto you? You know right. what I mean? Yes, sir. Ah, this is this is extra extra chocolate dip. Let me find it for you. So I don't want anybody to say, oh, he said this, he said that. <laughs> if it's not scriptural, I will never say it. Hi, Jesus. Let me find this for the people. Yeah, John 18, there's John 18. There's a lot. There was a lot of people called Barnabas. Too many, actually. Uh, John 18, verse 1. 40? Okay. okay. Let me show you something. Bang. Bandararang. Wait. I'm looking. I want my other Bible to work so I can give them the actual definition. Mm -hmm. It's too much. Ah. No. Why is my Bible acting strange? Prophet, can you deliver my Bible? Prophet. I deliver your Bible. <laughs> it needs deliverance right now. Uh, I don't know. It's because this one is going to be chocolate deep. Uh, it's, it's going to be too much. I don't know why my Bible just changed on me. Uh, John 8, right? 16 or 8? 18. Give me one second. 18. Do you have the Bible I use? Yes, yes. You have it? I don't know why mine just was. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know? Okay, let me show you what it means. No, I got it. Are you ready? Barnabas. Okay, Barnabas. The name actually means son of father, son of Abba. So, <laughs> Barnabas, is, Barnabas means son of the father. So the son of God was trading place with the son of the father. He was prophetic. Son of Abba. 
Barnabas named me actually son or a child of God. So a child of God and the son of God were trading places. Wow. 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 It's too much. So when Jesus was saying, they were saying, whom do you want? They said, give us the son of the father that is a criminal. So it was a prophetic symbol of trading places. That is why he was crucified like a thief, because he took the thief's place. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody's not catching it. But Nabas literally means son of the father. So your assignment... I don't even know how we go to Barnabas. I forgot. <laughs> but capture this. Capture this by the Spirit of God. Capture this by what? The Spirit of God. Who is your assignment to? First one is your family. This one is Jesus Christ revelation. <laughs> the Lord Jesus, notice this. The Lord Jesus did not come to Africans. He did not go to Asians. He did not go to Hispanics. He did not go to Romans. He came to the Jews first. He came to his own people first. The first people that God selected, he went to them first for the sake of the world. If Jesus went to the world, his ministry would have failed. He had to go to the house of David first. And out of the house of David, the world was going to be saved. You cannot go yes, and start ministering to people before you minister to your own house. Die. You cannot begin to minister to your family. Unless you change. Because your transformation is the first message to your family. Mm. How you speak, how you talk, how you walk, how you honor people. That is the they'll be like, wow, you become the example child. Ah, have you seen how John walks, how he talks? He never used to be like that. They will push your button to see if the change is true. Then they will be like, nah, this guy changed for real. You are not religious. You see, your problem is you try to be religious with your family. That is the first gospel you don't preach. That is that gospel you don't preach to anybody. Never be religious. Even God doesn't want you to be religious. God wants you to be spiritual. You don't start to everybody, oh, mom, I saw a demon on your head. <laughs> I saw a spirit turning, tying you up. They will exactly, please, prophet, say that again. They will do what? <laughs> I said they will sell you <laughs> like they did Joseph. They will sell you like Joseph for real. A hundred percent. Because remember, where there is no fire, there is no purification. The family is designed to purify you. 
That's right. Your family is designed to purify you. They're designed to show you where you're wrong. And they're designed to also bring out the wrong out of you. But you also, in return, you are there so that you can show them the way. It's a double-edged sword. But when you change, then it's easier for everybody else to change. Don't try and set standards that you fail to your family and make them do it because that will be the first problem. You guys don't even pray. For two days they have seen you not praying. <laughs> you guys don't even fear God. But when something happens, you, you throw an S-bomb. <laughs> something happens, you throw an F-bomb. They look at you like, mm-hmm, pasta. <laughs> <laughs> You just killed your rep. <laughs> ah, the great apostle Juma Juma. He's saying greetings to the great prophet Pope Glovis. He's, he's greeting you. <laughs> you are busy telling them, Shandara Baba Baba Baba. But when there's a party, you are the one they are carrying home because you are drunk out of your head. <laughs> now, you know me, I keep it real. Me, I say the truth. Me, I say the truth. You'll be amazed how, how real that is. No, it is a hundred. I have witnessed it myself. I've seen people. You are saying, thou shalt not. How can you be dressed indecently like that? They find you out, dropping it like it's hot with the, I don't know what, what you have on. <laughs> but you're setting standards for people that you yourself, you're not fulfilling. You have preached the wrong gospel. Chai. You'll be the first one to say, don't gossip. <laughs> but somebody passing, look at their weave. <laughs> look at their hair. <laughs> look at how they're dressed. Look at how they You are the one who is talking about people, bringing things to people. Your first assignment is to your family and your family's assignment is to you to push your button until those hidden character traits that are in you are brought out to be changed. If they don't push your buttons, those... sorry, sir, you said? I, want, I wanted you to speak on when... When you have family members who are, um, mm. so to speak, they don't, they don't value you or value what you carry. What do you, what can you advise us on that? Uh, they How don't do value what you carry. Okay, the value mm. of what you carry is measured by who you benefit. So mm. even though God has given you a big promise, <laughs> the prophet asked me. If your family does not value what you carry, your family does not honor what you carry. Is that what you said, prophet? Yes, sir. Number one, the value of who you are and what you carry is measured by who you benefit by what you carry. <laughs> the value of what you carry 
is measured by whom you benefit by what you carry. Your money has value because it can buy things. And the person that you are trading with wants your money because your money is of greater value than what you are trading. Bread will expire, but your dollar will not. There is temporary value and there's long-term value. Yes, sir. I'm saying that because, you know, some people will use the excuse of, mm -hmm. oh, my family doesn't value me, and then, you know, they start acting up, you know. Of course. And things like that. A prophet, mm -hmm. we've, we've been there. We've mm -hmm. been there, so we know these things. Let me tell you, the first people to believe that I was a prophet was my, my brothers. They have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, but they know one thing. This man is a prophet. A hundred percent. You will never speak to them and say, ah, Lovi is a very stingy, he's like this. No, they know, number one, this guy has a heart like he's of God. They will testify that. I mean, Terrell, you know this. They talk about this all the time. Sometimes they'll be stuck, but they'll say, no, 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 no. No one has a bigger heart than this guy. They know because it's demonstrated. Not because I had anything, but whenever nobody could do something, I was the one that would put myself on the line to make sure that everybody has something. There is nobody who has been around me that can say they've never benefited. It's a lie. That's a big lie. Never. And this is before God. This is before God. No one can ever have a testimony and say, ah, I was around him. Unless they were looking for something I can't give them. You know, some people come because they want anointing. <laughs> anointing, I cannot just give it to you like that. No, it doesn't work like that. My spirit, I can just not give it to you like that. But no one can ever say, I was around the prophet, I never, I never benefited. And I'm not talking about, oh, I said good words. I would try to go out of my way to make sure you're okay. Countless times. True, sir. True. But it did not begin with the church. It began with my own family. Mm. That would not appreciate when I do things. Mm. Until they could not, it became like, man, I'm actually sinning. When I'm not saying, my older brother calls me papa. My eldest brother. My eldest brother calls me father. He will come and say, you know, you are the father of our family. That's why God anointed you. That's why God chose you. We know that he chose you for our sake. My eldest brother, who was the biggest critic of me. Mm -hmm. Prophet knows this. But when you stay consistent with what God has given you and what God has given you to do, when people are benefiting from you, <laughs> They know. And when they understand that you don't have to do it, but you're doing it, and you can stop doing it if you want to, because you have done more than enough, yes, ah, they will start saying, you know what? Mm -mm. Wall up, wall up, wall up. To whom else shall we go? Whom, who else? <laughs> so there are people who are gifted before they benefit anybody. Before Jesus was benefiting anybody, you know what he was doing? He was a carpenter. 
he was blessing the family business by being a supporter of the home business, by working in it. When he left the family business and went into ministry, from the day he came from the Jordan, he began to benefit people. So if you don't benefit people with what God has started you with, you cannot benefit people when God sends you out. I feel like I'm talking to myself. You are speaking, sir. Remember, the same Jesus was telling somebody, follow me. They said, let me go bury my father. He said, you're not fit for this. <laughs> the reason why was this guy, number one, he never did it. You know, for somebody to say, let me now go bury my father. You have been with me all this time. You never went to bury him. Why is it now? Obviously, you never did anything for your family. Some of you, I am not saying don't give to the house of God. You ought to give to the house of God. But the same manner, the same manner, you can go and give to the house of God. Do you ever go out of your way to say, Mom, Dad, I'm sending you $100, $200. I know you don't need it, but I want you to just go have lunch on me. Yes. They will say, Why? Is everything okay? No, no, everything is fine. I just want you to go eat. It will bless me. They'll be like, wow, our child is, what, what is this? You've started something in them. And many of you, the problem is you say, uh, uh, father or mother, I want you to go have lunch on me. Why? God said so. <laughs> no. <laughs> then it defeats the purpose. Then you did not do it because out of the goodness of your heart. If God has to tell you, if God has to tell you, then you have issues. For all the blessings that they've been taking care of, nine months in your mother's. Uh huh. God said I should buy you lunch. What? God impressed it on you to wake you up, saying, "Listen, start doing these things." You, you go to them and say, "No, I've realized for the nine months you carried me, for how you took me through school and whatever." There's really nothing I can offer you. I just want to do something nice to tell you, mom and dad, I appreciate you and I love you. Not on Father's Day or Mother's Day, but out of it. But when you, oh, God is the one who told me, you failed. <laughs> they want to be spiritual. <laughs> the Bible does not say, honor your father and mother because I said so. <laughs> it said, honor your father and mother because it is the right thing to do. And because of this, your days will be long. <laughs> Not honor your father and mother because I said so. <laughs> it was a command to benefit you and me. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Deep, sir. Deep, deep, deep. Before you become an intercessor of your neighbors, become an intercessor for your father, your mother, your brothers and your sisters in your own house. Or your children. Begin by being that first. Because if you cannot carry the burdens of your own people, how will you carry the burdens of others? If you don't know what it is to cry with somebody, how will you cry with the people outside? 
your own family should pain you more than the people outside. So your standard should be because of them. This is the man I will deal with people. Yes, sir. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Tonight, this is your prayer assignment. I won't even pray with you. You will do this yourself. Whether it is evening or day. From today in your prayer time, put at least 10, 15 minutes interceding for the people in your family. Have names down, your brother, your sister, your mother, your, your sister, not those who are good to you, even those who criticize you the most. Uh, okay, my daughter Tia asked, Papa, can you please address how to go about uh, this with family members who are estranged or those who are dangerous to be around? Remember, we said pray for them. We didn't say go and hug them. <laughs> and if God opens a way, you see them, you say hi, hi, and you deal with them using wisdom. But pray for them because of their dangerous character should be the one that pushes you to pray for them, that that demon, that influence of Satan that is making them be like that to come out of them. Your family is your first ministry. If, if your husband beats you up <laughs> and you separate, Pray for him to get better. Don't stay in an abusive relationship. It's not God did not get you married so that you can be a punching bag. Me, I keep it real. So I, I don't give you this fake Christianity that people want to protect how marriage looks like and not the people in it that God cares about. Uh -huh. If you separate, pray. See if you will do counseling to change. If that's not, the, if they think it is okay to whoop you, huh? cut them off. It's the will of God. Marriage is not about the institution. It's about the people. It's the a, people make up the institution. Uh-huh. Exactly, prophet. I believe is is deep in the mic. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. I want you to write all your siblings' names that are alive. I want you to put the first ones, even your brother and your sister and your mother and your uncle, the ones that hate you the most, they should be the, your top priority prayer. Not God. <laughs> Show them who I am. No. <laughs> God, prove to them that you called me. No. God, open their eyes to see how anointed I am. No. That's not what we are talking about. Lord, Lord, I pray. Let their hearts change. Let them come to know you. Let them come to know you genuinely. They think they know you now, but show them how you have shown me even more. Now you are praying. Oh, my God. <laughs> Father, show them the crown you showed me in the vision that is upon my head. The oil that is going down my garments, especially in these last days. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm falling, bro. 
can I be honest with people? Jesus. Unless you do this, Jesus is not coming. Jesus is coming because the gospel is preached to every living creature. This is why pastors' kids are usually the worst because the man of God focuses outside instead of their own house. Deep. Oh, Father, let them begin to feel the anointing when I do this, the way everybody else falls. Let them also begin to shake. <laughs> and they'll be praying in the house, disturbing everybody. Mm. And then so some, some of you, like I gave this, I gave, I gave one daughter wisdom. I said, do you want your husband to start praying? Yeah, Papa, he doesn't believe in these church things. I want you to do wisdom. One night, wait, 2 a.m., something like that. Go to your side of the bed on your knees. Pray this prayer. Lord, I thank you for my husband. How hardworking he is. How amazing of a husband he is. Lord, I see how he goes out and he works so hard and he comes back to just provide for this family. Lord, I pray, give him strength. Give him wisdom. Give him the ability to be strong that he will not be tired. Give me the grace to be a good wife to him. And you pray just loud enough, just not, oh, Father, just loud enough whereby when he's sleeping, he can hear you praying, how you're interceding for him. He will wake up and he'll be like, aish. And that day he goes to work and everything goes well. He'll be like, wow, this woman. Hey, when is church? When is it church? You see, you have willed him in. By just showing how you pour your heart to God concerning him. I feel like I'm talking. You know, the Bible says be wise. Not, oh, Father, even in this moment, I pray every Jezebel around my husband. <laughs> Especially in these last days. You know, everybody, the last days seem to be <laughs> trending big time. Can I have a portable charger, please? Port my portable charger should be in my jacket. Yeah, oh, over there, one of them over there. <laughs> Father, even though he is not praying, he's a hint, and Lord, I change his heart. <laughs> I change his heart. <laughs> by fire, by thunder. <laughs> he's like, man, that man will close his heart towards you. <laughs> Some people would actually go to their husband and say, "You think you think you are the one? You think you are the one uh, that God is blessed? It's because of my prayer. Yes, of course. It's because of my grace mm -hmm. that you are surviving. Foolishness. <laughs> <laughs> because remember, your husband is the head of the house. If he says you're not going to church, you go to church. You are disobeying God. Yes, sir. So how do you will him in? You have to play it clever. You have to be very, very wise in how you do it. Lord, I pray my husband will become a pastor. This guy is an engineer. Let him serve you. Let us no, not, Lord, use him where he is. Let people know that a good man are still out here. Let people know that a husband 
can be a covering like him. You, you are praying, Lord, let him become a bishop. <laughs> the guy is not called into ministry. Because <laughs> they, they think, brother, when he becomes a bishop, then he will act right. It's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that again, prophet. <laughs> because they're thinking, oh, let me just pray. God makes this man a pastor, a bishop. He will treat me better. It is not Isn't true. It's not true. I've seen men of God that treat people worse. Character is not a title. It's not. Character is not definitely a title. I don't know if somebody's catching this. <laughs> Instead of encouraging, remember the goodness of God brings men to repentance. The goodness of God brings men to repentance. Goodness. Goodness. Goodness, not anger, not battles, goodness, not arguing, goodness. Caprosoto, I feel it inside of me. Caprosoto. Ah! Father, I see how the devil has been pulling his heart not to love me. Ah, uh ah. -uh. Instead of praying, Father, I thank you for the love that he has for us. <laughs> I see the devil moving in. That demon, you demon, I speak to you now. <laughs> Who wants to be told they have a devil? You know, when I used to be a young believer, and when God used to, when I would deliver people, I would go to people and say, you have a demon, you need deliverance. Out! I used to do that, which was not wrong, but it was not wisdom. Because I want you to cooperate with me so that I can free you. So what I started doing is causing the demon to manifest before I get to them. Or if I get to them and I want to provoke the demon so I can get it out. I say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you demon that has turned this daughter of God or this son of God into a victim, I evict you. Then they are victims now. Because the truth is they are victims of the devil. It's called wisdom. Because if I just come and start saying, oh, fire upon you, demon. <laughs> I'm messing up. So your spiritual assignment right now, you're going to pray for your family. Tomorrow, I'll teach you your next assignment. Amen. Tomorrow, I'll reveal the next assignment. Father, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus for everybody that is watching right now. As I stand together with my brother, the prophet, we declare, Father, that you give your children the burden for their families. Amen. Let us all become first intercessors of our families before anybody. I pray that, Lord, you give us the ability to pray for them, intercede for them, think of them. Even when they have done us wrong, we will pray for them genuinely with a pure heart. That each one of them will come to know that, Lord, you are good. They will follow the path that you have given them. And I thank you for them because you are using them to purify me, to bring out the wrong that is in me so that I can put it before you. Father, we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Remember, tomorrow I'm resuming one-on-ones. I'm sorry to everybody. There's been a lot going on on my side. But 
Tomorrow I'm resuming one-on-one -on -one and I'm going to reach out to a lot of people tonight by email. The office is going to do that. They're going to reach out to a lot of people and I'm going to start knocking it down. I believe tomorrow, I probably tomorrow, my whole day is planned on one-on-one -on -one so we can finish all this thing. Most of you, at least I believe all people tomorrow by the grace of God. So God bless everybody. Have a beautiful night or a beautiful day. This is Prophet Lovi. If you want to donate, go to prophetlovi.com and you can give there and God will bless you and increase you. In the mighty name of Jesus, share this video, share it with other people so that more people can be blessed to the glory of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Shalom, everybody.